right? Zazen Chin, the hub of Buddha's activity, the turning of ancestors' hub. It moves along with your non-thinking and is completed in the realm of non-merging. As it moves along with your non-thinking, its appearance is immediate. As it is completed in the realm of non-merging, completeness itself is realization. If its appearance is immediate, you have no defilement. When completeness is realization, you stay in neither the general or the particular. If you have immediacy without defilement, immediacy is dropping away with no obstacles. Realization, neither general nor particular, is effort without desire. Clear water all the way to the bottom, a fish swims like a fish. Mass sky transparent throughout, a bird flies like a bird. Okay, so we're we're on part four, Hongshur's point of Zazen. Today we're talking about Hongshur's poem, which is the poem on which Dogen is basing his Zazen Shin. This is Hongshur's Zazen Shin today. So, why don't you start, Steve, and I'll do the poem, and then, and then, uh, and then, one, two, and then just, let's see, Kate, Dana, just notice who's in front of you. So, me, Kate, Dana, Lane, Liam, and Steve's going to start. The Point of Zazen, written by Zheng Chur, wait, Jin Zhao, Zen Master Hong Shur of Tiantang Zhengde Monastery, Mount Taipei, Qingguan Prefecture, China, is a work of a Buddha ancestor. It is the true point of Zazen with penetrating words. It is the only light that illuminates the inside and outside of the world of phenomena. It is Buddha ancestor among Buddha ancestors of past and present. Earlier Buddhas and later Buddhas have been led to Zazen by this teaching. Present Buddhas and past Buddhas are actualized by this point of Zazen. The text is as follows. The hub of Buddha's activity, the turning of the ancestor's hub, is known free of forms, illuminated beyond conditions. As it is known free of forms, the knowledge is subtle. As it is illuminated beyond conditions, the illumination is wondrous. When the knowledge is subtle, there is no thought of discrimination. When the illumination is wondrous, there is not the slightest hint. Where there is no thought of discrimination, the knowledge is extraordinary with no comparison. Where there is not the slightest hint, the illumination has nothing to grasp. The water is clear to the bottom where the fish swims without moving. The sky is vast and boundless where the bird flies away and disappears. The point presented here is the manifestation of great function, the awesome presence beyond sound and form, bamboo knots and wood grains, standards, before the parents were born. It is joyously not slandering Buddha ancestors, not avoiding the death of body and mind. It is as extraordinary as having a head that is three feet tall and a neck that is two inches short. The hub of Buddha's activity. Buddhas do not fail to make Buddhas the hub. 
this hub is manifested. That is Zazen. The turning of the ancestors hub. One's late master spoke beyond words. This understanding is the basis of ancestors, of transmitting dharma, and of transmitting the robe. Turning faces and exchanging heads is the turning of the ancestors hub. Is known free of forms. This knowing is not, of course, conscious knowing. Conscious knowing is small. This knowing is not comprehension. Comprehension is created. Thus, this knowing is free of forms. Being free of forms is this knowing. Don't regard it as all-inclusive knowledge. Don't limit it to self-knowledge. Being free of forms is when brightness, duality comes, meet it with brightness. When darkness, non-duality comes, meet it with darkness. Sit through the skin you were born with. Illuminated beyond conditions. This illumination is not illuminating everything or illuminating with brilliance. Being beyond condition is this illumination. Illumination does not turn to conditions, as conditions are already illumination. Beyond means the entire world is not hidden. A broken world does not appear. It is subtle and wondrous. It is interchangeable and not interchangeable. When the knowledge is subtle, there is no thought of discrimination. Thought is knowledge does not depend on other power. Knowledge is a shape, and the shape is mountains and rivers. The mountains and rivers are subtle. Subtle is wondrous. When you utilize it, it is lively. When, we, when you create a dragon, it is not limited or outside of the dragon gate. To utilize a bit of this knowledge is to know by bringing forth mountains and rivers of the entire world with all their force. If you don't have knowledge by being intimate with mountains and rivers, there is not a shred or scrap of knowledge. Do not grieve that discernment and discrimination come slowly. Buddhas who have already discerned are already being actualized. There is no thought of discrimination means there is already merging. There is already merging is actualization. Thus, there is no thought of discrimination is not meeting even one person. When the illumination is wondrous, there is not the slightest hint. The slightest is the entire world. The illumination is naturally wondrous and luminous. Thus, it looks as if it hadn't arrived. Do not doubt your eyes. Do not believe your ears. To directly clarify the source beyond words and not to grasp cases, koans, through words is illumination. This being so, illumination is not comparing, not grasping. To maintain illumination is extraordinary, and to accept it as complete is no other than doubting it thoroughly. The water is clear to the bottom where the fish swims without moving. Water hanging in the sky does not get to the bottom. Furthermore, water that fills a vessel is not as clear as the water mentioned here. Water that is boundless is described as clear to the bottom. When the fish swims in this water, it is not motionless. It goes for myriad miles. 
There is no way to measure it, and there is no shore to limit it. There is no sky for the fish to fly in and no bottom to get to, and there is no shore where someone sees the fish. In fact, there is no one who sees the fish. If you speak of recognizing the fish, there is barely water clear to the bottom. The activity of zazen is just like the fish swimming. Who can measure how many thousands and myriads of miles there are in zazen? Its journey is the entire body going on the path where no bird flies. The sky is vast and boundless where the bird flies away and disappears. The vast sky does not hang above. What hangs above is not called the vast sky. Furthermore, what encompasses all space is not called vast sky. What is neither revealed nor hidden, neither inside nor outside, is called vast sky. If the bird flies in this sky, it just flies in the sky. The activity of flying in the sky is immeasurable. <clears throat> flying in the sky is the entire world. It is the entire world flying in the sky. Although we don't know how far the flying goes, we say it beyond saying. We say flies away. It is go away with no string on your straw sandals. When the sky flies away, the bird flies away. When the bird flies away, the sky flies away. When you speak about the investigation of flying, it is right here. This is the point of steadfast sitting. Even if you go myriad miles, it is right here. This is the point of Zazen by Zheng Zhao. Among the old masters throughout time, no one has written the point of Zazen like this. If the stinky skin bags here and there would try to say something like this, they might not be able to do so in one or more lifetimes. There is no text like Cheng Zhao's Ru Jing. Ru Jing, my late master, would refer to him on his teaching seat as Old Buddha Hongzhi and would not refer to other teachers as Old Buddha. One who has the eye to see a true person recognizes the voice of Buddha ancestors. Thus we know that there is a Buddha ancestor in the lineage of Dungshan. Thank you. Now I'm going to uh, read the Terabest version. If you have it handy, you can follow it. This is Carl Bielfeld's translation because it's a little different. And some things are clearer in this, and some things are not. So here's here's Hangzhou's uh, Zazenshin. Uh, Essential function of Buddha after Buddha, functioning essence of ancestor after ancestor. It knows without touching things. It illumines without facing objects. Knowing without touching things, its knowing is inherently subtle. Illumining without facing objects, its illumining is inherently mysterious. It's knowing inherently subtle. It is ever without discriminatory thought. It's illumining inherently mysterious. It is ever without a hair's breadth of sign. Ever without discriminatory thought. It's knowing is rare without peer. Ever without a hair's breadth of sign. It's illumining comprehends without grasping. The water is clear right through to the bottom. A fish goes lazily along. 
The sky is vast without horizon. A bird flies far, far away. I think this, in some ways, is uh, is clear for us. I have uh, the Kazas version that we just read. It says the hub of Buddha's activity, the turning of the ancestors hub, is known free of forms, illuminated beyond conditions. And Carl says, essential function of Buddha after Buddha, functioning essence of ancestor after ancestor. It knows without touching things, illumines without facing objects. I just find that the Terabas, the Carl Bielfeld's a little easier to understand. Though, Dogen uh, also uses that language of the the hub, I believe. So this is Carl Bielfeld says the essential function and the functioning essence rather than the hub of the activity and the turning of the ancestor's hub. So you can decide which which word you like. You don't have to like one word better than the other. I think they complement each other. That notion of the, the essence, but then what's a hub? The hub is like the hub of the wheel or the hub of uh, the market or whatever it is. You know, that's like the, the, the central pivot point usually. That's what a hub is. And I wonder, uh, there's also the phrase that I've used, the word that I've used uh, in terms of the mirror that Mel used to talk so much about, this notion of, the, of a pivot, that, this, that that's our experience, you know. It, we start out and we just see, we look at a mirror and we see ourselves. But as we polish it like a tile, we come to see that it's not just this self. What is it? It says in this commentary, it doesn't say at some point, without seeing a single person. Thus, there is no thought of discrimination is not meeting even one person. Because there's just illumination. And uh, the uh, commentary by Dogen says the point presented here is the manifestation of great function, the awesome presence beyond sound and form, stuff, bamboo knots and wood grains, before the parents were born. It is joyously not slandering Buddha ancestors. Also, he says, not avoiding the death of body and mind. And Neil says, he, he says, you had better not slander the Buddhas and ancestors rather than joyously not slandering them. But you do not avoid destroying your body and losing your life. It's an amazing as having a head that's three feet and a neck that's two inches short. And I, I'm going to indulge myself. I can't resist saying it reminds me of um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, where Elizabeth Taylor keeps talking about the grandchildren as no neck monsters. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Dogen means that. But since I have it as a thought worm in my head, I thought I'd share it with you. And the, the hub of Buddha's activity, Buddhas do not fail to make Buddhas the hub. This hub is manifested. That is Zazen. But also, I wondered if you noticed that uh, there are there are references to what we chant and, and implications about what we chant on Wednesday mornings, as I imagine you did today. 
the merging of difference and unity, right? The mind of the great sage is intimately communicated. People's faculties may be Pekin or Dal, but in the path there are no southern or northern ancestors. The spiritual source shines clearly in the light. Branching streams flow in the darkness. Right? Grasping things is basically delusion. Merging with principle is still not enlightenment. And I think that's something that um, that Dogen is emphasizing here. You know, that don't get caught by enlightenment. Don't get caught by the absolute. Don't forget. Don't forget. You have to live here with this body and mind. And um, well, I know the merging of difference in unity goes on and on like that. And I was I was struck by it. And I mean, you know, it talks about uh, merging. Well, in the commentary, it talks about merging. <laughs> And in his version, in, in Dogen's version, it talks about merging. I, I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself. So, what did you make of this? If anything, I mean, I don't know how it struck you because some of it is in the commentary. Some of it, I just sort of got, I don't know, kind of confused or like he was just he was trying to say the same thing over and over in different ways. And the way he talks about the bird flying, I much prefer Bielfeld's version and, and also Dogen's. You know, Bielfeld says the water is clear right through to the bottom. A fish goes lazily along. The sky is vast without a horizon. A bird flies far, far away. And that's similar to what the way um, Dogen puts it. Clear water all the way to the bottom. A fish swims like a fish. Vast sky transparent throughout, a bird flies like a bird. That some of it I just found, I don't know, almost like he was just being, like I read the poem and I feel like I understand it and I have a feel for it. And then I read this commentary and I get kind of lost. I have some ideas. Yeah. Um, it feels like to me, and I do have some questions about some references, but a little bit like, like there's this delay in noticing things, and then in the, and when even when you say, "Oh, there's a fish swimming," like it's it's already happened, and maybe the fish is already gone. Like you know what I mean? So it, it just feels like it's all right now it's the right nowness of it all and the the expression of the right nowness is fresh always fresh and that's the point of it and all that all the other stuff is extra right yeah yeah one thing i wanted to say is referring to something that we've talked about with with uh you know that that uh when you experience something when you know it with your brain, when you have a conception about it, then uh, then that's just another thought, really. If you know mountains and rivers intimately, then it's knowing. It's not a brain knowledge. It's an intimate thing. And mountains and rivers, well, there's a whole sutra about it. But um, yeah. anyway, yes. Yes, Dana. Well, well, one one thing I I didn't understand was 
when you create a dragon, it is not limited inside or outside of the dragon gate. And I just wrote, I wrote, how do you create a dragon? <laughs> what is the dragon gate? Yeah, where 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 is it in here? Oh, it's on uh, page ten. If you noted the pages ten uh, of the page, and it's one, two, third paragraph down. One, two, three, four. When the illumination is wondrous. Or the one above. above that. Knowledge is subtle. There is no thought of discrimination. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I can't read with my glasses on and I can't see you guys with them off. All right. All right. When you create a dragon, it is not limited inside or outside of the dragon gate. I do have a thought about it, but does anybody else have any? Thoughts about it, remembering what, it, what dragons represent. Is it truth? No, not exactly. They represent enlightenment. Oh. Don't be afraid of the true dragon. Right. I think the creative dragon is confusing to me because okay. I can't wait. wait. create enlightenment. Well, he will. Carl says the same. When we make a dragon, it does not matter whether we are inside or outside of the U gate, I, or or this is the dragon gate. I think there's a there's a koan or a story about fish. They go up stream, and then when they get to the top, they go through they go through the gate and then they become dragons. That's an image of enlightenment. Do you, do you know that better than I am saying it, Liam? Is it, did you have that one? No, I think the what you said was basically what I remember. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm not sure I know what what uh, Uchiyama would say. I'm not sure what Dogen means, but I think he means uh, um, different levels in the sense that you create your own enlightenment, right? You sit Sazen and you sit Sazen and you wake up and you become a dragon and you don't have to be at that particular location on the Yangtze River or wherever it's supposed to be where the fish go up and through this mythical gate. And, but it's also true, as Uchiyama talks about a lot, that we create our own reality. You know, we see what we expect to see. We see what we already know. And I've talked a lot about there's a, there was a thing in, a, um, you know, the, the guy that wrote about the man who mistook his wife for a hat. That guy. Oh, Oliver Sacks. Thank you very much. Oliver Sacks writes about a guy who was blind and he had a surgery to make his fiance happy and he could see but he still couldn't tell where the stair were stairs were unless he hit it with his with his cane because his brain didn't have that his brain had a physical experience of stairs but not a visual experience of stairs and our minds are like that we we can see what we have some karmic knowledge of, you know, without whatever all the experiences are inside of us. 
So we create our dragons in both of those senses. Is that responsive, Dana, or, or just more? Oh, yeah, very helpful. Thank you. I, I, I was confused by that, and, and I was like, how do I create a dragon? It would be cool to have a dragon. <laughs> well, be careful, you know. There was know. That, guy, that guy that loved dragons, and he had all these little dragon statues and things, and, and a real dragon heard about it and went to visit him and uh, stuck its head in the window, and the guy got terrified and ran away. Yeah, and then it's always be careful what you wish for. Yeah, well, they said, don't be afraid of the true dragon. I forget yeah. where is that in the Fukunso Zengi or yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Anyhow, I kind of had a softer reaction to this section for some reason. I guess because I thought, well, I'm just not even going to try to understand it intellectually. <laughs> I, I'm just going to read it a lot. And I just read it a lot and I read it a lot and I read it before I went to bed and I just let myself enjoy certain passages for the poetry of them. I mean, I love the line, sit through the skin you were born with. That for some reason resonated with me. And then the thought as knowledge does not depend on other power. Knowledge is a shape and a shape is a mountain. I, and maybe it's because we've studied that mountains and rivers sutra that sort of really resonated. And I felt like all the stuff about the water and the fish and the sky and being there and not being there. Usually I get kind of frustrated, like, this is so confounding. <laughs> but I, I wasn't. And I just kind of let myself have the language, the experience of the language. So I don't know if I understand it any better, but it sure was. Um, it feels like I do, but I, I can't really explain how. Well, I, uh, that's, I, and I think that's, that's what it's, yes, yes. And he's, you know, it's also helpful to remember that he's just, he's talking about Sazen. And what right. the hell is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I thought I could make many paintings about all of this. <laughs> One of the lines is the preoforms, and that's kind of kind of, if I was going to summarize somehow, that it's kind of talking about free of forms, and then we're trying to use forms of words to talk about it, and I'm finding it, I'm having a hard time <laughs> thinking of something to say about it. Right, right. Well, and that's that's true, and that is, I, I think I share that experience of what Kate was talking about, because I, I do like it. You know, today, I'm having, right now, I'm having trouble really concentrating on it. But I do, and I do feel like I have some understanding of it. But to take it apart or to talk about it, not so easy. Yeah, I'm not sure we can analyze Dogen. <laughs> <laughs> or explain, maybe, is the word. Right, well, but you know, that there are little pieces that you say, oh, right. There's, you know, there's no thought of discrimination, thus, quote, I guess, because that's there in italics, right? There's no thought of discrimination is not meeting even one person. And then you go back to um, 
Dokshan, you know, when uh, he woke up and he, he said about his teacher, um, he is me, I am not he. And the mirror shows everything, but it doesn't have forms, really. Go away with no string on your straw sandals. I guess your shoes would fall off. Yeah. But then you wouldn't need them anymore. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, re a reference to Bodhidharma or not. One of, one of the many myths is that he was seen on his way back to India, but he only had one sandal. Hmm. I'm really liking this. It's the paragraph under the dragon one, when the illumination is wondrous, there is not the slightest hint. And it's about in the middle of that paragraph to directly clarify the source beyond words and not to grasp koans through words is illumination. This being so, illumination is not comparing, not grasping. And then this last sentence really knocks me out. To maintain illumination is extraordinary and to accept it as complete is no other than doubting it thoroughly. Yep. It's like. That's right. Exactly. I'm loving that. That in that paragraph, when it says, do not doubt your eyes. I don't think it means that. That's a double negative. It's, that says, trust your eyes. I don't think that's what they meant, but, but the Bielfeld is, is, is similar. It says, don't, don't pay attention to your ears. Do not believe your ears is not parallel to do not doubt your mm -hmm. eyes. Mm -hmm. I don't think it means that you should only trust your eyes. I think it means you should only trust that knowing that's naturally wondrous and luminous. And uh, illumination is not comparing. The great way is not difficult. Only avoid picking and choosing. And I loved that it. it was so much about illumination because it was, I was trying to talk about that last week about how it's not just about um, turning on a light bulb or a candle or something. And it's like, he always has to get an insult in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and those old speaking bags. Speaking in bags, <laughs> you know. They're better than the Shakespearean put downs. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Shakespeare was pretty good at it. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to talk about this on Saturday. I want to bring up moving it a little bit, but I'd like to. Is this okay to? to uh, there was a question from uh, from Paula, and. I think that um, what I'd like to do is close with this and ask you to just kind of sit with it. And on Saturday, I'll lecture about it, but I want to just you know, see if anybody has anything, because it's a kind of question that we should all be able to respond to. Okay, it's a kind of question that's 
that people have, and I think we've all probably had it in various ways, and it's really important to respond to it in a way that's that's useful. We've all read this and had a an intuitive understanding of it and a response to it. And you can't give that to somebody. They have to come to it. So this is the question, and I think that we need to answer this. And it may well not be your question, but people have it. And this is a question. No, she it was a paragraph that she was, it was from the last class, I guess. Since ancient times, few have understood Zazen as it is. How could they have received and transmitted the Buddha ancestor Zazen? So her question is, how can I be sure I am practicing correctly? How can I be sure I have received the Buddha ancestor Zazen if all these luminaries of the past have not penetrated? I feel the doubt and it shakes me. There are so many instructions of how to do Zazen that it rattles my confidence. How am I to proceed with faith? Is doing my, my best enough to get it? When my butt hits the cushion, am I wasting my time? Now that's, that's a painful place to be. So I'm going to read it one more time. How can I be sure I am practicing correctly? How can I be sure I have received the Buddha ancestor Zazen if all these luminaries of the past have not penetrated it? I feel the doubt and it shakes me to my bones. There are so many instructions of how to do Zazen that it rattles my confidence. How am I to proceed with faith? Is doing my best enough to get it? When my butt hits the cushion, am I wasting my time? Well, are you? <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's hard, you know, and you can give a, a, a sort of a glib answer, but when people ask things like that, it's from a place that, that's uh, having a hard time, you know, and uh, you don't get to say, just sit down and get quiet and pay attention. And we've all had that question, I think, you need to, you need to you need to find that faith in yourself. I, I have a friend who told me that, that Mel often that when she would go see Mel, he would encourage her to keep keep going. And and uh, I told her that you know at some point she needs to she has to find that in herself to keep going. Though he used to say, if I feel like you need a cookie, I'll give you a cookie. <laughs> And I really felt encouraged by you guys, and I appreciate it. It's fun. So we'll talk about this on Saturday. <laughs>